Like, so they don't get any education about how to use the tool that they were born with. <laughs> <laughs> you need a freaking manual if you get a new tool. <laughs> if you get yeah. a new tool. New I'm piece of equipment. New piece so, of equipment. <laughs> you know, like I teach a bit about the cock, about the penis. Mm -hmm. I teach a bit about semen and sperm because guys don't necessarily know that they might not taste good. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that, you know, their partner's going down on them and he wants to come inside of her mouth. He might not understand that he tastes bad. Welcome to Honey Do Me, a podcast that goes into the bedroom and beyond, hosted by Emma Norman and Cass Anderson. Here at Honey Do Me, we don't have all the answers, so we chat with experts, educators, and badass changemakers to get them. We are here to remind our listeners and ourselves that what we're going through is normal, that we are worthy of love and pleasure, and that we are all in this together. So tell us, honey, how do you do you? all i had that was fantastic you rival the seagull girl on tiktok yeah. i swear on my life did that remind you of a rooster it reminded or me a of cock. a cock <laughs> why ever did it remind you of a cock because today we're talking about conscious cocks how sex ed has failed men yes we are talking with the incredible sex educator christopher lovestone and really what you're going to get out of this episode if you're a man, is learning how to ravish a woman. Mm-hmm. We go into so much. We cover penis size, how to last longer in bed, staying hard after you come. Who knew that was a possibility? And masculinity. Oh, just everything about being a man. Exactly. Being a goddamn man. A goddamn man. Goddamn. And then he brings up another really good point. Yes. So he really talks about finding that sweet spot between being a doormat and an asshole. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know about you, but I think that in my own experience, I've had partners who struggle with either being this like asshole dominating, like thinking that that's what I want them to do or being like a doormat who has no idea what they're doing. And it's like, no, it's somewhere in the middle. Exactly. So trying to like really harness what masculinity means, because I feel like the people I've been, not every single person, but I have like a few instances in my head where masculinity meant dominating, mm -hmm. meant owning what I do and telling me what to do and all of that shit where it's like, that's not being a fucking man. Mm -mm. Not understanding me and like trying to like bulldoze our relationship isn't being a man. And bulldozing in like, yes, an emotional way, but also sexually. Yes. You can't sexually bulldoze your way through a, a partnership and expect it to be good. Decide what gives me pleasure. <laughs> exactly. That's really not how it works. No. So this is such a perfect marriage of everything that a man should know if he's going to be in a relationship with a woman and how to make it just like fucking perfect. I'm so excited for you. We'll see you on the other side. See you on the other side. I'm Christopher Lovestone. Um, I'm a sex educator and a couples counselor, uh, originally from St. Louis, Missouri. Although now I live in Costa Rica. I'm an expat. I left the United States. So I'm doing all my teaching and curricula from here. And I specifically target my curriculum on sex education for men, heterosexual men. Uh, and and their partners and when they're in uh, heterosexual relationships. But I find that heterosexual men of anybody I think about on the gender spectrum or sexual orientation, like these guys need the most help. These guys are between a rock <laughs> and a hard place and they're just sitting in paralysis and they don't know what to do. 
So uh, I'm author of a book called Conscious Cock, <laughs> and it's the Empowered Sexuality Manual for Men. And what I do is I teach upgrading our mindset and beliefs that were handed to us by media and our parents and stuff like that that are limiting us. And then I teach understanding women because guys just don't get them. They're confused by them. And then I go into modern sex education, you know, because there's so much research that's come out in the last 20 years about uh, female anatomy and then physiology, sexual anatomy and physiology. For example, the internal mapping of the clitoris, the A spot, things like this that most guys don't know about. Um, the, the, the shape of the G spot, for example, that it's a long tube, like two inches long. Like guys don't know that. Uh, and then after that, I do two more things. I teach intimacy tools, communication tools for stoking the fire of your relationship. And then the last thing I teach is pleasure education, how to please your partner, just generalizations of strategies that actually create more intimacy by touching in a way that your partner is like, oh my God, yeah, I want more of that. I want more of that. You know, and how to last longer in bed. So, you know, I've got this like roadmap that I've built that I published in my book to help guys who are feeling like trapped between a rock and a hard place. Maybe they don't know what to do, how to like exit um, relationship exhaustion or feeling like the fire of their relationship is dwindling, you know, and move in a positive direction where they're getting more of their desires met and they're teasing out their partner's truth and encouraging and empowering their voice and choice to co-create something really yummy for both of them so that they can course correct their relationship to get it going in a new heading towards like both of their erotic dreams, you could say, something like that, or at least like a first step in that way. Right. So this is what I do. <laughs> oh, it's just so magnificent. Like everything in this book is the perfect, exactly what you're saying, roadmap for teaching someone how to be the best like version and partner and sexual partner for themselves and for someone else. And I think this is a godsend, the, the, the book that you <laughs> yes. wrote. Oh my God. Thank you for that. <laughs> I love that. If you did not just sell every single <laughs> listener to either get it for themselves or their partner, like, I don't know what will. We could literally right. stop right now. Like, I am. Yeah. Now go so read sold. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, but there's so many fun things. There's so many fun exercises. Mm -hmm. uh, just to say it for a second, I don't like teachers who make people go do homework or make them practice something 20 minutes a day uh, for like 10 years or something like that in order to master it, like some guru or something like that. I like practical tips that make an mm -hmm. instant change. Mm -hmm. Bam. Easy to remember and communicate it to your friend. It's not some like dubious concept that's kind of hard to pin down like i like tangible come on i got stuff to do i'm a mm -hmm. dad like you know mm -hmm. i live in 2021 like it, there's a lot of things in this world so uh, this is kind of like a practical how-to manual for guys i mean because i never had that growing up like nobody gave me a manual for masculinity or how to use my sexual powers i, I just was left to figure it out on my own you know like mm -hmm. good luck trying to like find the treasure if you don't have a map right exactly <laughs> Straightforward is such a good way to go too because there are so many approaches to when you're trying to work on yourself and your sexuality. It's like sometimes it can be like, well, you have to practice this and you have to really do this. And it's like, but what about the straightforward things that I can do right now? Because that'll mm -hmm. really get people into action. And 
and like maybe motivate them to want to do those long-term practices or maybe like the the ones that take longer. But if you can have actionable steps, which is everything that we want mm-hmm. in sexuality, that's, and especially for men, you know, they need something quick and yeah. <laughs> short attention span. Well, we guys, we like instruction manuals, mm-hmm. you know, just show me how to freaking put the thing together already. Just mm-hmm. give me the information because I got other yes. stuff to do, you know, mm-hmm. so, but, but I'd never seen anyone to date. I still haven't seen anyone else put together modern sex education, pleasure-based sex education. Mm-hmm. Okay. Combined with understanding women including the menstrual cycle and stuff like, like how to like access her sexuality um, with like some belief hacks and put it all in one place with some communication tools. Like you want to have a egalitarian empowered juicy relationship of equals. Like where's the manual for that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> how do I start? I don't see any role models for that around me, <laughs> you know? Oh my God. I'm so excited to get more into this. This is everything that I think everyone needs to know, especially men. So mm-hmm. oh, fuck yeah. Especially it. men in my previous partnership. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so what, so is this book just for men to buy or do you also encourage like women or other partners to also buy it and kind of learn? Or do you really encourage like your men audience? You know, I, I focused this curriculum for men because mm-hmm. I, I decided who am I going to pitch to? Who mm-hmm. do I really want to help the most? Who needs it the most? But you know, the essence of it is about empowering our authenticity and being able to communicate what's real for us and also tease that out of people that are, we're in relationship with. Mm-hmm. Right. So we create, create a terrain of honesty where like you've got all the information, you can make an informed decision. It's about learning how to create these safe spaces for communication and then being able to talk about our erotic sides and stuff like that. So that, it doesn't matter what your gender or sexual right. orientation is, you know, it's just for humans. Um, but I have specifically crafted this for men because guys haven't gotten a lot of education about their cocks. Like they don't have much education about the yoni, the vulva, you know, the interior structure of the vagina, all the pleasure tissues that are there. Um, so, I mean, anybody gets value out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, couples, heterosexual couples get a lot of value out of it. We've watched a few of your previous interviews and you were very intentional about using the word cock. So I would love yeah. to hear a little bit more about that. Okay. It's a double entendre. It's a pun. All right. I, <laughs> in the three years that I was writing the book, cr- crafting my curriculum, writing my thesis on relationships, like I was looking for an, an archetype a symbol for embodied sex positive masculinity, healthy masculinity. And I tell you, I couldn't find it. Look at Marvel comics. You got Captain America, Spider-Man. Like that's a very old school version of masculinity. Mm -hmm. Very cold. I don't share my emotions. You know, I'll just solve everything. (laughs) That's not what I'm espousing here. You know, I'm espousing this place between the sweet spot between being a doormat and being a jerk. Right. Either of those extremes is unhealthy and doesn't create this terrain of possibility for going for your erotic and sexual dreams in in your relationship. Um, So I looked high and low to find this symbol, this archetype for healthy, sex positive, embodied masculinity. and I couldn't find it. So I had to create it. Mm -hmm. So I was looking at some uh, Asian, uh, Eastern um, gods, symbols of gods, and then I came across the rooster. Okay. And they, if you, I don't know if you know roosters, chickens. Okay. <laughs> like, like let go of your preconceptions and judgments about chickens being, oh, these little things that run around the yard. No. And think about the power of a rooster. He's got beautiful plumage. Oh my God. They're so striking. They can, they're just stunning to look at. 
there's this beauty to them that's captivating. Then there's the way that they look after the flock. They're very protective. They're totally courageous, strong, power. Their cry, their crow, you can hear that a mile away. Talk about a powerful voice, the metaphor of having a clear voice, being able to speak your truth, right? Um, and then if you, the, 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 the fighting, they've got these thorns that are powerful fighters. So there's this, these aspects of masculinity, of like protection, the warrior, clearly communicating, you know, and being beautiful. Cockiness comes from roosters. Roosters are cocks. You talk about he's cocky, mm-hmm. he's strutting around like a rooster. So these metaphors, I'm like, yeah, that works. Mm-hmm. But let's make that conscious, not just asleep, not just playing out the patterns that we were programmed with by our father's generation, our grandfather's generation, popular culture, stuff like that. No, let's, let's wake up, recognize our programming, do some upgrades to that, and then make conscious decisions. I'm not talking about meditating every day. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying let's take our, our embodied masculinity and like make conscious decisions with it mm-hmm. to change the way that we inhabit relationship. So it means penis also. I'm just saying it <laughs> bluntly. It does. Like I'm talking about the penis. Like, mm-hmm. but so many women are like, where's all the empowered men? Like I'm doing all this personal work myself. Like I'm trying to like go into my shadow. I'm trying to see my triggers and embrace them. Like all this empowerment work, right? Goddess movement and everything like that. And they're like, where are all the empowered men? And I'm like, well, they don't have a fucking manual. They don't have a book and they don't see anybody else studying this stuff. All they're doing is watching porn and Netflix, <laughs> right? So women like they want an embodied confident man who isn't a jerk and isn't a doormat right Mm -hmm. that's what i'm talking about conscious cock empowered embodied conscious masculinity that makes me want to get into masculinity a little bit more and just kind of talk about like what does masculinity mean to you what is empowered masculinity because I think we've mm. we've the last few days we've been talking about this idea of like being a man and what that means and mm-hmm. who makes somebody a man and do we make them feel like a man or do they make themselves feel like a man? Um, so I'd love to get into all of that. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, you know, um, I spent years working at Family Planning, which is one of the most feminist organizations in the world. You know, you want to empower women, give them birth control and education, access to birth control and education that changes the fucking world. I'm a big believer in that. Yes, don't keep women barefoot and pregnant. Fuck no. Let's change the world here. Give them access to education and birth control. Um, so, you know, f- that feminist movement, I would say, has a general stereotype about men being the patriarchy, men being the ones who are in power and have been in power for thousands of years. That's not what I'm talking about by male empowerment. Okay, I agree. Yes, men have been in power for thousands of years. But I'm also saying that I've seen last let's say 60 years 70 years maybe 80 years that feminism has really emasculated men and taken away their power and said yeah that's bad like i've had i've got so many male friends who have been like programmed by their mothers and sisters that that masculinity is 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 the source of all the problems on the planet that like their dick is in a box they like they, they can't bring out their sexual power and then they end up being with their, their woman partner. And she's like, where's your energy? I can't feel you. Where are you? Like, I want to feel, I want you to ravish me sometime. Like, I want to feel something here. And he's like, well, he's wishy-washy, you know, stuff like that. So when I'm talking about male empowerment, I'm not talking about us ruling the world. I want an egalitarian world, no matter what your gender is. 
I teach tools to help people create egalitarian relationships. Mm-hmm. But what I am talking about for male empowerment, masculine, masculinity, is, is embodying our masculinity, not just like being a robot fucking. No, being fully embodied, breathing, moving, making sound, like feeling with our whole body, having our heart involved, right? Our mind, like, like this full sexual organ of our entire human being. Um, I want guys to be able to access that and bring that to their partner, bring that to the, the crucible, the temple of their bedroom. Um, so I, I think masculinity has been in a box over the last 60 to 80 years. And I'm trying to say, guys, that box isn't helping. Like we, we now need to move out of that box into egalitarian co-creation or you could say engagement. Mm-hmm. Improvising in a dynamic, engaged way where nobody's the oppressor and no one's being oppressed. We're both giving and taking and opening and receiving, et cetera. I don't think I've ever talked about masculinity with someone. And so it's, it's interesting to hear a good definition of it and also an idea of where we want it to get. Cause I, all of what you were saying makes complete sense of where we would love to see masculinity become. And, um, like, I, I understand what you're saying where it's like, you feel like maybe it's been put in a box where it's like, where are you in my relationship? Like, I still want to feel you here, but in a good conscious, empowered, Mm -hmm. equal way. And so having both of those coexist in your relationship is such an important tool to know how to like figure out. Absolutely. Yeah. I, everything you said, I was like, oh, you know my relationship really well. <laughs> um, <laughs> because I think that's something that my partner has really struggled with, this idea of like, you know, he was raised entirely with women. Like that was his entire upbringing. And so he was taught like respect women no matter what. And obviously, yes. And I think that's like blocked him from also like... That's awesome. I just want to say that's wonderful (laughs) to learn respect as a child Mm -hmm. rather than to learn oppression as a child. Absolutely. But it's a starting point. And then where do you go from there? Yes. So it's like now we've been working through a lot of stuff where it's like he doesn't feel like he can be... I want to phrase this in the right way. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Like he can't be fully empowered sexually because doing that would be disrespectful to me. And like Mm -hmm. I'm more what he has to like take care Mm -hmm. of and protect in that way as opposed to like really be like in his full power with. I don't really know if I said that right, but it makes sense. Yeah, that's how it feels. Mm -hmm. I I, I can just imagine and empathize with him that it's scary to want this thing but feel that that thing is bad. Mm hmm. Right? Absolutely. Like, I can't do that because then I'm part of the patriarchy. I'm oppressing you. Yes. Like, oh, it's getting rapey or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, I, he doesn't have a, a f- experience mastery in navigating that realm yet. Most guys don't. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the most common fantasy from heterosexual women that I've, I've heard of over and over and over again is they want to be ravished. Mm-hmm. throw me up against the wall. <laughs> let me feel your power. But then we got this line. We got, what about sexual harassment going too far consent and rape? Mm-hmm. Right. So like, that's the most common fantasy, but then guys are like, oh, no, 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 no. Exactly. I am not, I'm not going to go into the shark's den here. <laughs> like mm-hmm. like I, I'm scared. I don't mm-hmm. have the tools to embrace that or manage that. They haven't been taught it. So, you know, so part of what we need it. to learn is, is, is boundaries and consent as a self-empowerment practice, which is something most guys don't, have never heard of. So there's mm-hmm. a free download on my site. You can go to consciouscock.com slash downloads. There's an audio recording of a workshop I did called um, Boundaries and Consent, Six Rules to Transform Your Life. 
And this is for everybody on the planet. If you start like finding your own authentic desires and resistances, like I'm a yes to this, I'm a no to that. If you can actually find that voice inside of yourself and then encourage it to be able to come out and you have some tools to be able to speak those things, that's the first step towards learning the art of ravishment. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you also are encouraging your partner, teasing out of them, you know, what's real for you? Where are you at in this? Like, yeah, what does ravishment mean to you? What's your like feeling of wanting to feel my desire? Like, where's your edge on that? Where it's like too much, like, you know, when you learn these skills, you create the, the context where you can have conversations mm-hmm. about these things without them being minefields of triggers that you're going to step on everywhere. Right. Then you actually can co-create safe spaces for these things to happen, maybe in bite-sized steps. That's mm-hmm. a weird combination of metaphors. <laughs> but, but um just say so <laughs> one of the things I've taught is like how to master the art of ravishment. Because guys, like they're they're just disempowered sexually because of um being emasculated by feminism for so long. Mm-hmm. But women want them to find their power. They're like, come on, I want to feel you, tease it out. And he's like, I don't know how to do that. Well, you just need to learn a few things. Right. And then like the whole playground opens up to you. You know, there's this concept that I, I love called uh, having a sexual bucket list, you know, for yourself, not because you think that's what your partner will approve of or what they might want, but for yourself as an individual soul in a body in this life, like there's things that are authentic for you that you would like to do erotically, intimately, sexually before you die. I believe that each of us has some things in a list locked inside of ourselves. <laughs> if you can like learn some of these tools to make some of those a possible, a possible reality for yourself, that is really life affirming mm-hmm. for you that you might actually get some of these things that you really want in your life, in your intimate life, your, your erotic life, your sexual life, you know, so that you stay evolving. Mm-hmm. You don't just stay the way that you were when, I don't know, you entered your relationship. Right. You don't stay 20 for the rest of your life. Like, oh, you've changed. Right. People will blame each other. You changed. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm alive. Hopefully. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm continuing to expand. Hopefully I don't want to stagnate. Mm-hmm. Mother's Day is around the corner. And whether you're celebrating your mama, grandma, guardian, or yourself, celebrate with the mother of all self-care routines by trying out Osea's Mega Moisture Duo. This duo delivers a one-two punch in luxurious body care moisturizers with their Anduria Algae Body Oil and Anduria Collagen Body Lotion, both featuring Osea's signature all-natural citrusy scent. I use both the body lotion and the Anduria Algae Body Oil once I get out of the shower, and I use it literally everywhere. This duo is my go-to for feeling glowy and hydrated for literal days, and the Osea Signature Scent is one of my faves because it's not overwhelming, um, but it's like a delicious and fresh smell that just lasts. Since 1996, Osea has been making seaweed-infused skincare that is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat mom to the everyday spa experience she deserves with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code DOOMY at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com. Malibu.com and use code D-E-W-M-E for 10% off. Do we want to get into some of like the topics in the book that really excited us? Yes. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. So let's start with, I know you get into the basics too of sex ed and 
the way that that failed men. So what are some ways that sex education has really failed men and has failed to set them up for their relationships? Well, nowadays, like the vast majority of air quotes, sex education that guys get is watching porn. Mm -hmm. And it is a complete failure to actually teach how to do anything with the heart to actually have any relationship skills whatsoever. There's a complete failure to actually understand how to touch a woman in a way that really pleases her. A lot of what you see is a guy entering a woman and then instantly being a jackrabbit or a pile driver mm-hmm. from zero to a hundred like that. No, 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 honey. Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not pleasure-based sex education. Now, sure. You might see, Oh yeah, you, you put your mouth on her clit. You know, you might see doggy style in different positions. Sure. But, but in school, high school based sex ed is usually just, Use condoms. <laughs> Here's some information about various STDs, STIs, as we call them nowadays. And please don't get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Like, and usually that's oh, a little bit about menstruation. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but people might not even leave knowing the difference between menstruation and masturbation. Like those two words. They might, they might not know because they're so, uh, they can't ask a question in class because like then all the attention will be on them, like stuff like that. Right, so right. it's not empowering for people to really feel like they're gaining good knowledge. Mm-hmm. And also guys don't learn very much about their own plumbing. They don't learn anything about the prostate, mm-hmm. which is a very important sexual organ for a man. And if you don't know about it and how to keep it in good health, as you grow older, it can harden, it can get cancer. Like it can cause so much pain. Like, it's like, can you imagine being a woman not knowing about your cervix? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, something like that. There's some some metaphor there. You know, guys don't get any education about that. They don't get any education about um, their arousal response. They don't get any education about how to move sexual energy and feel pleasure through a whole greater area rather than just the crown around the head. And if you just stimulate that, you're going to come within a minute, right? Like, so they don't get any education about how to use the tool that they were born with. (laughs) (laughs) You need a freaking manual if you get a new tool. (laughs) If you get a new tool. New piece of equipment. New piece of equipment. You know, like I teach a bit about the cock, about the penis. Mm -hmm. I teach a bit about semen and sperm because guys don't necessarily know that they might not taste good. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. you know, their <laughs> partner's going down on them and he wants to come inside of her mouth. He might not understand that he tastes bad yeah. <laughs> because of his diet. He might not understand that his diet affects his taste, his pH, mm-hmm. you know, acidity, base balance. You know, is it, is it too tangy? Is it just like, ah, you know, he might not understand that because no one's ever told him straight. Right. So, you know, I'm just trying to give guys like what I wish I would have had when, when I was, I don't know, mm-hmm. 13 to 30 or something like that, mm-hmm. like early in my, my sexual evolution. I like I first saw your sex education in the index and I was like, oh, what else would you really need to like talk about? Like with sex education, like, oh, I'm curious why this is like a big subject in your book. And that makes so much sense when you break it down. It's like that is the basis of everything, (laughs) everything that you take with you as a sexual person. And so that makes so much sense. Um, especially about the semen part. Like, I feel like that's, (laughs) I think that's so great. And that's so, and I had no idea that your prostate could harden. Holy shit. Yeah. How do you prevent that? Like, how do you take care of your prostate? Okay. I have a specific thing that I advocate. Now, if you go to, um, a urologist, um, who's trained in traditional allopathic medicine, he might say something different. If you go to a Chinese medical doctor, he might say something different. So it depends on your school of training. Um, but, um, 
I have training in medicine and anatomy and physiology, but I'm not a medical doctor. Um, but from, from my understanding, <laughs> you use it or you lose it. Like working your, your bicep if you're, you know, lifting weight. Like, and if you don't exercise this muscle, you imagine if you go into 60 years old, 80 years old, 90 years old, it atrophies, right? It shrinks, right? Like it gets less strength. It gets less uh, elasticity. Um, it gets less blood flow. If you, if you don't use it, you lose it. Same thing happens with the prostate. The prostate in a healthy state is soft, I mean, it's kind of hard like the cervix, mm -hmm. but the cervix is also kind of soft, right? It's kind of mm -hmm. a little squishy, right? right. Like that's a healthy, you, know, you, want, you want some flexibility, some elasticity. And it creates so many of the hormones and additives that go into semen. All these healthy, happy hormones that make us feel amazing are in semen. And they come, a lot of them come from the, the prostate. And if you don't ejaculate regularly, if it's not used regularly, it kind of, it starts to atrophy. And over time, let's say 40s, into your 50s, into your 60s, if you don't use it, let's say you're in a sexless marriage or you're single um, or you're in a church where sex is the source of all mm -hmm. sin, um, then like it hardens and it shrinks and it gets very painful as it gets hard. So I advocate like regular, regular sexual activity, even you know, mm -hmm. if you're in 50, 60, 70, 80, like, you know, try to ejaculate. You know, it also can be depleting for a man. They type about guys falling asleep after they, after they come, right? It comes from the fact that like we get this surge of progesterone or not progesterone. What was it? You sold me. Uh, I don't know. I'm forgetting the name of it. <laughs> Off the top. Cortisol. Cortisol. Mm -hmm. And that makes us tired. Um, but like we, we can feel depleted for a few days if we're like in our 40s, 50s, 60s, like ejaculating can deplete you. Mm -hmm. But still, like, you got to keep your sexual function. Otherwise, you lose your sexual function. And then, like, you can't get it up when you're 60, 70. And then that can really impact your relationship if you can't have penetrative intercourse. So there's a lot for guys to learn about their sexual function that they're not being taught. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they're never going to see it in porn. Right. If they don't know it, like, they might end up in a nursing home one day because they didn't keep their pelvic floor healthy. And they've lost their ability to hold their bladder and like they're, uh, you know, mm -hmm. it can just spiral from there. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think like direct prostate stimulation is important for the health of the prostate or is that just like an added? We just finished an episode talking about the male right. prostate. So yeah. we're very interested <laughs> now. <laughs> um, you know, I go to the proctologist every year and he assesses the density and elasticity of my prostate just by reaching in and touching it for a moment, you know, and I always ask him, how is it? Is it enlarged? Cause it can grow, mm -hmm. um, over time. And, uh, you know, it can be helpful. It absolutely can be. Um, if you can overcome the hurdles to having someone stick a finger up your ass and touch you in this very sensitive place, like you as women know how sensitive it can be to have someone actually intentionally touch your cervix or unintentionally touch your cervix in a way that doesn't feel good. Like mm -hmm. you get, if you, I, I imagine that it's a similar corollary for a man. Um, so it can be helpful. And there is a thing called prostate milking. If the prostate is enlarged and hardened, that you can help to make it more supple. Just like if you've got a knot in your, your trapezius muscle and you're like, oh, God, I got this knot. Somebody massages it. It increases blood flow, circulation. It removes this ischemic area, which is just an area where there's a lack of blood flow. And it helps to, to get it vibrant and elastic again. Like, oh, it's kind of like waking somebody up by massaging them or something like that. So it can help. Absolutely. 
definitely. And if you do it too hard, too fast, too long, it also can hurt the guy. And he's like, oh, ow. Like, <laughs> you know, like, let's say you're in doggy style and some guy's just pounding you and bam, he's ramming your cervix and you're just like, ow, ow. I imagine it feels like that. I I don't have a cervix, but like I understand, like have my, you know, I I just imagine it's a similar sensory structure. So before we were speaking, and you kind of brought up like making sure that you're ejaculating, and then you brought up instances like you know maybe in church it was talked about poorly, you know, with masturbation, or you feel kind of like ashamed about it. So do you touch on shame in your book and kind of how that has played into the male like sexuality and masculinity? I don't directly address it, no, mm-hmm. but I teach tools to exit it. Okay. Um, I approach a lot of things, what do we call it? <laughs> Tangentially. Like I come at yeah. things often indirectly mm-hmm. because sometimes I find as an educator that like coming at something head on can trigger someone to retract, mm-hmm. pull away, shut down, close their ears, et cetera. So I like to, to, to enter gently. <laughs> and, and as I, you went like, to the prostate, <laughs> enter <Exactly>. this gently. <laughs> you know, as with any careful, loving touch uh, <laughs> to begin with, um, enter gently and sensitively. Um, but no, I don't directly address shame very much. I'm not mm-hmm. talking about shame deprogramming, but I am giving people tools and ways that they can look at things that help them, whether they're um, inundated with acculturated shame from the community that they grew up in. Maybe they grew up in Utah, for example, in the Mormon church. And they're just like so much sexual programming on them. I, I don't know. Like mm-hmm. there's so many different churches and cultures, etc. cetera. Um, or maybe they just had a really judgmental parent or maybe abuse, mm-hmm. trauma, you know, people can't have experienced harassment, rape, all forms of violation. Mm-hmm. So like, Wherever anybody is, like the tools that I teach help them to move towards getting their truth out of their throat Mm -hmm. and on the table or helping them to create a safe space where they might be able to do that one day. I think that's a really important skill that you sound like you've mastered of approaching it tangentially because I do think that that, there is so much um, value in being like, didn't you see how I like didn't really say it, but you get it. Like you got what I was trying to address and now you can kind of apply that to a lot of things in your life. You're like, oh, I kind of felt shame, but I didn't, he didn't actually say it. And so now I recognize that in myself. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's a really important tool and maybe the best tool you could have used for it, Um, especially for men who are, don't address shame probably in their life Mm -hmm. that often. So it feels like a big word. Yeah, it does. Because you also don't feel like maybe it applies to you Mm -hmm. to say like, oh, I felt shame about that. It's like, I don't think so. Like maybe I'm not important enough or nothing bad mm-hmm. happened to me that I should be feeling shame. So yes. I think approaching it sideways could also really help in this situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have judgments about our, our feelings, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, and then a lot of us guys, we tend to like carry this persona that like, we've got it all together, <laughs> got mm-hmm. it all figured out. I don't, I don't have any trauma in my, I don't, I don't have any like things to work out about my child. I don't know. You know, I'm right. fine. Thank you very much. I don't need to ask for directions. I'll figure it out. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. You know, you know. so yes. I don't want to address that. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want to try to like get through that. Let me just yes. come at it from a different angle and teach you something that's useful. Mm-hmm. I don't need to attack like whatever happened from you. Let me just give you something that works today and right. now. And like the interesting thing that I've observed is by using tools like these communication tools that I teach in my book, like inevitably what ends up happening is that like the past is healed in the present without ever addressing the past. It's the most magical thing. Like past 
patterns, um, trauma can, can be healed by doing things differently in the present rather than like trying to mine and figure out the solution to the thing in the past. Mm-hmm. You just shift how you're being. And then these things, they, they just reorient in, in your past. It's, it's, it's absolute alchemy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that so much. I think that is just such a cool strategy. And I know that would be so useful for my partner. So. Yeah. So excited for all of the people that get to read your book. I like know. that is, they're just so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Thank you. I do want to address like a few specific aspects of shame that we were kind of talking about. And maybe you go over them in your book. Maybe you don't. But um, particularly like size and lasting long enough. I feel like those can be like penis size and being able to last long enough a bed. I feel like those can kind of become shameful or like put a damper on the relationship if somebody is insecure. Maybe insecurities is a better Mm -hmm. word than shame. Um, But I would love to get into that a little bit and how you address those or maybe talk people through those Mm -hmm. types of issues. Well, it's the most common thing I hear from men is is that they want to learn how to last longer in bed. Mm -hmm. And at first glance, you might say, well, that's superficial. Nah, you know, but anxiety is real. Mm-hmm. And like when I, when, when I'm making love, I very often have experienced anxiety about my performance. A lot of guys feel anxiety about like, are they pleasing her enough? Is he going to get her off? Is he going to last long enough that like, it'll be okay for her? Is he going to come too soon? Is he giving her enough pleasure? Like there's a lot of anxiety and all that does is stick us in our heads. It just puts us in our brains. And like then, and then we're not actually in our feeling body, like feeling all the exquisiteness with every inch of our body and feeling the heart connection with the other, other person. And then, then our, our sexual chemistry freely flowing through all of our bodies and really being in this amazing improvised dance with another human being that's got their focus on us. Like is is precious when, when you can unlock the, the gates to these um, more beautiful realms of experience with your partner. So anxiety kills that for both, for anybody who, yeah. who's in it, like if you're in your head. So a lot of guys are like, ah, I'm going to come too soon. I'm worried. She feels so good because it does. Women, let me just tell you, <laughs> it feels so good to be inside of you that it is like can overwhelm our whole body like all we and then our animal mind comes on and we all we want we want to come we want to reproduce like it is such a huge experience like you don't know how good you feel so if you're just like riding him like crazy and expecting he's going to last forever, honey, you're not understanding how powerful you are and how good you oh, feel to him. I love right, this so whole like, thing. I want to encourage women to have a little bit of compassion and understanding that like you feel epic to him. And if he's just trying to hold off because you feel so amazing, like work with him, please help him. Please. Maybe like take a break from intercourse for a minute and be like, honey, let's just like, make out or please like give me a, like touch me with your hands like like cut my breast let's do some other beautiful yummy thing let me let's go down to each other 69 or something like less exciting mm-hmm. you don't want to like excite 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 to the explosion like like let the last level you have equal responsibility in this as him so you can address his anxiety by helping him not worry so much by by decreasing the amount of excitement that you're giving his 
penis with your pussy, especially when you first initiate intercourse, when he first enters you. That is like the most exciting moment. So yeah, guys, are, we're, we're really anxious about coming too soon. And we're also like watching porn. We see guys that have statistically, like if we map things on a bell curve, mm-hmm. like 50th percentile, that's me. I'm right there. I'm, I'm Captain Average. Like, you know, what is it? Five to six inches long. I have five and a half to six inches. Whatever the f- statistic is that you check, like mm-hmm. just average male. Mm-hmm. But the guys in porn are, are, are paid by the size of their penis. One of my friends was in porn and he was paid by the inch. Wow. So the big inch. guys make a lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what, so what you tend to see is actors that have statistically – larger than average penises. And if we even subconsciously bring that into our, our, our mind and our belief system that that's actually average, even if we subconsciously do that, because that's all we mm-hmm. see, you never see an average size guy penis in like a Hollywood movie, like in the United States. And in, in Europe, like it's okay for, for penises to be in movies. Like a guy can be like on a scene, he's like waking up in bed and he slept naked and he can get up and go pee. You know, because we all do it. You know? <laughs> and you can see his penis flop while he walks. It's, it's not something that we can't see in European, European movies. But in the United States, there's this like, ah, oh, we can't see the cock. We can't even like even a guy who's just being a human and needing to go pee. Like, mm-hmm. can't even see that. Oh, no, 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 no. Too much judgment about that. So like we don't see average size penises, especially when, when we shrink, you know, because, ah, oh, you know, it, it retracts, it expands. It's alive. It changes all day long. Like sometimes it gets erect whether we want it to or not, sometimes it shrinks up when we get cold even, like it shrinks even more. Like we have to live with this animal between <laughs> our legs. It's not under our, our volitional control and it's changing. I didn't ask it to change. I didn't consent to that. <laughs> you know, have some compassion women. Like, it, like it's not under our control. So I encourage guys that average is fine. And as I understand it from years of being involved in this stuff, women enjoy a larger than average penis for a one night stand. But for a long term relationship, women prefer an average size penis. Statistically, I'm just making a generalization. It's nicer to live with on a daily basis. Doesn't hit your cervix so much, right? Mm -hmm. You know? Like, it's easy to take the entire length of it inside of you without being like, ow, or like retracting and pulling back. Like, you know, so average is average for a fucking reason because Mm -hmm. it works evolutionarily for our species. Average is great. Right. (laughs) So I encourage guys to like accept being average, but then put more tools in their toolkit. Mm -hmm. Learn how to give the most amazing hand jobs possible. These 10 fingers are so dexterous. And sensitive, capable, fine motor movements. Think about somebody who plays the guitar, a master musician, like the art that they can create. You can do the same kind of art on your partner's genitals with these two instruments. And they don't come. Like they can go for an hour. <laughs> right? They don't deplete you either. So I teach guys, like, use some other tools. Put some other tools in your toolkit. Really learn how to worship her like a goddess like a a being that you treasure learn how to do that with your hands learn how to do that with your mouth if you're open to that then that removes the focus from penis and vagina piv intercourse it removes the focus on from that entirely it removes so much stress and then if you come it's okay relax 
you can continue to give her pleasure. You got 10 freaking fingers here that are exquisite when you learn how to do it right. So you, you had Tristan Taormino on your show. Mm -hmm. She made an amazing groundbreaking series of training videos that are still set the standard for, for training today. Um, and you can go rent or buy a Tristan Taormino video on hand jobs. Guys, go do it. Like, <laughs> anyone, go do it. Women, learn how to do it for guys. Because, like, if you just grab his cock and do this with it instantly, because maybe you've watched porn. <laughs> yes. Like, you're not being sensitive. Yes. You're not beginning the touch in a teasing way mm-hmm. that draws out and builds pleasure. You're just going instantly into overload i'm like slow down sister like let's learn how to build pleasure in our lives i just have so many questions i want to take a step back for a second and go back to lasting in bed because we talked about how like we as women and partners could help do you have any like could you share like one or two quick tips for the like man that he could use to maybe last a little bit longer if that's something he's Mm -hmm. really focused on or maybe it's like you know, to decrease that anxiety? Oh, absolutely. Tons of things. And I, I want to say that this is also such a rich subject that just having a tip here or there, like, ah, I want a quick tip, you know, I want a hot tip. Like, eh, like mm-hmm. there's so much richness and depth mm-hmm. to understand here. I would recommend digging into it deeper. So uh, on my website, on the homepage, at the bottom of the homepage is a free thing that you get if you give me your email address. Um, a three video mini course on how to last longer in bed naturally. Like awesome. you can just watch it on your phone or just listen to the audio and headphones. Like, and it really helps to address critical areas that we need to talk about to really be able to begin this journey, um, in a powerful way, really empowering way. But yeah, sure. Uh, a, a few things, a quick tip is guys get out of your fucking head, right? Stop worrying so much and breathe breath. Okay. I don't know if you've done any breath work ever, um, but breath connects us to our sensory body and it short circuits tension and it short circuits stress because the diaphragm is connected to what is it? The vagus nerve. It doesn't matter. And like really long, deep breathing, even just one long, deep breath will shift your experience from tension to relaxation because it hacks it. It, 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 it it's a short circuit in our brain that moves us out of this like fight or flight kind of um, pattern into an embodied peaceful presence. So if like you're feeling like you're going to come, you're probably holding tension in your body, maybe in your shoulders, maybe in your hips, maybe in your glutes, maybe in your stomach. Cause like, that's what we do. We hold tension in order to build up to the climax. Tension helps to build that helps to bring orgasm on. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can't come unless you tense your body up. So if you want to last longer in bed, breathe, breathe, (laughs) scan your body, identify, oh, am I holding my shoulders tight? Oh, okay. Right. Am I holding my abs tight? Oh, let my belly relax. Let it hang out, guys. It's okay. (laughs) You know, what about your quads? You know, your legs, your thighs, you know, your glutes, Mm -hmm. your butt. Are you holding tension in in, in 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 your legs? Like, let it relax. Mm -hmm. Stop moving for a second and just have a breath or two. Right. And be like, wow, that was great. How could we make this feel even better now? Hmm, could we shift my weight, our position a little bit? Is there a way that you'd like me to change the angle? Ask yourself that question. Give yourself a pause, breathe, and ask the question, how could we make this more pleasurable in this moment? Is there, what could we do to make this feel even better? Mm-hmm. Earlier when you were talking about um, doing other stuff, 
in bed too, like switching to hand jobs or 69 and stuff like that. Yeah. Because I feel like with the partners yeah. I've been with, you know, and they are nervous about like coming too quickly. It's like because they don't think that once we're having sex, there's anything else that you could be doing. It's like there's uh -huh. no going back. And then that's also where you start feeling the disconnect during sex because like there's so much anxiety in their head because they're worried about coming too fast. They're still just going at it. <laughs> and it's not taking a, taking a breath, taking a step back and being like, actually, let's just switch it up. Let's slow down. And then that'll last longer. That'll still feel good. It'll yep. get you out of your head right. and we'll all be having fun still. So I feel like that's even a right. great thing to start talking about with men is that you can actually also come back a step after you've entered me. <laughs> we can do something else as well too, <laughs> which I think all is right, a good I'm thing. I'm going to be playful with you guys and share a personal experience. I was making love the other day with my wife and it felt so amazing and we've been making love for so long and I felt like, okay. I want to have an orgasm. I want to come, you know, I'm ready. So I did. And it was beautiful. But then like, we didn't really want to stop. You know, this is what we're talking about, right? It was so yummy. It's like, well, it took so much time to get here to paradise. Like, let's stay here for a while. <laughs> you know, like, So I was just breathing and then doing some kegels to like keep my cock hard after coming. Cause you know, we tend to wilt after ejaculating, but with practicing pelvic floor, exercises guys can learn how to keep their penis hard after ejaculating and i've been doing that for a while i teach that it's like what chapter one of my book oh my yeah God. chapter one pelvic floor exercises um shit you know important. so so then we're like we keep going and she's on top and she's riding me and we're just cowgirl and oh, it's just so luscious and and you know because she's full of my cum and i think that's the like most beautiful lubricant and she has an orgasm and i'm like that was great can we do that again we're like we start fast, we start fast, we start fast, and then we slow it down, and then she starts like pushing harder, and then pow, and then boom, she has another one. Whoa! I think we uncovered something here. This is pretty great. I like this like pattern that we got of starting fast and then slowing down, and then kind of grinding that last one out, and then bam, it rips through her and shoots out her head. Three. <laughs> like, well, going to go for four. We got to eight. And holy shit, she was like starting to get a little tired. Let's just pause for a tired. moment. You can breathe for a second, okay? You know, uh, she breathes for a second. I'm like, Well, can we go for nine? I don't know. I mean, so we just did it slower that time, mm -hmm. started out slower, went through it slower, and it took like you know two times as long. So maybe it was like 30 seconds for the next one or something, like a minute for the next one. Oh, fuck. Oh my god! And then we're like, "Well, can we go for 10? <laughs> <laughs> oh my! You got all ten? Holy shit! Ripped out her head. Oh, she's just like goddess incarnate, and like, oh my Ripped god! Out her head. And I came long ago, right? So like, mm -hmm. the possibilities for what you can do in bed, like, like extend far beyond what, what our limited beliefs think they are that was not something we had planned it's something that we uncovered mm -hmm. by staying actively engaged in the present moment with each other and communicating where we were at and what we wanted mm -hmm. like if i had just been on autopilot and said oh well i just came so we're done now would have missed that entire paradise yeah. i right? would not have known that that paradise is a realm that we can take a vacation to and go travel to if we want to in the future right? Hey, let's do that thing again where like I come, stay hard, and then you rock out 10 times. Like, that was great. Let's play with that one again. Let's see where we can go with that. Can we like 
do something different or like, cause inevitably you'll learn a little bit by practicing. You learn things in mm-hmm. art of improvisation. Holy so shit. There's so much. <laughs> Thank you for telling that story. There is so much. And if you haven't proven so how all of this is so necessary to learn about with that, then apparently you men just don't want to give us 10 <laughs> orgasms. I guess that's what I'm taking away. <laughs> no, no. It's that you don't see that in porn. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not what's shown. It's not pleasure-based. It's male dominance-based. It's, it's all one orgasm. He shoots his bullet, and that's the end mm-hmm. of the video. That's what we see. So that's what we think is how it's done. But like as you learn the skills to um, explore the richness of your partner and the pleasure that you can co-create with each other, it becomes so delicious that like you want more of that. You want to keep exploring that wonderland with each other. And then as you do that over time, I mean, we've been making love for 15 years. That didn't come in one year. Like, you know, it took that much dedication and loyalty to each other's pleasure to, to get to that place doesn't just happen right <laughs> happenstance um anyway so <laughs> i just encourage everybody to begin the journey towards learning about their pleasure and their partner's pleasure in a co-creative manner by creating safe space eliminating barriers to to getting into that yummy zone with each other mm-hmm. like pay the bills, clean the house, like do the dishes, like eliminate these barriers, like learn about mm-hmm. her period, like learn how her cycle is so, so that like you're not coming on to her when she's feeling like closed, mm-hmm. you know, but like you can show up for her as an ally and show her that you really get her reality. And then when she opens to you authentically, it creates the most yummy terrain for <laughs> exploration you can imagine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's yes. so powerful. And I, yeah, it makes me think about like goal oriented sex. Yeah. Um, because we've had a lot of like the sweetest guys reach out to us saying, I really want to make this happen for my partner. Like, Mm. how do I make this happen for her, this particular thing? And it's like, well, maybe don't think about that and just think about what feels good. So I love that whole story. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's the perfect example of like, if you had gone in being like, you're going to have 10 orgasms, that's fucking scary. Yeah. That's scary. Oh no. You're going to do this. Yeah. I'm going to make you. No, right, because no, 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 no. that's what you hear too. Is like I'm gonna make you, I'm gonna make you come, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make, make you come. orgasm. It's mm-hmm. like, stop. No. <laughs> I want to talk first. Yeah. <laughs> Do you even like? It's a disconnect. No exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's a, a demonstration of a lack of attunement to your mm-hmm. partner. So by learning these skills of of attuning into your partner's reality, then like that creates the system here where you can have a chance of getting to that desire. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a certain thing. I want to make her ejaculate. Right. Right. Maybe it's yes. that. Like, that's a common thing these days. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to make her ejaculate. Well, you can't just force her. Like, <laughs> she has to Pop it feel <laughs> infused with sexual energy before that'll ever happen. Like, mm-hmm. she has to feel fully turned on. And you can't fake that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can Absolutely. tease it out. You can dance with it until she's a flame. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just really appreciating everything that's being said. Yeah. And I feel like you also talk a lot about like communication skills. Basically, that's the yeah. essence of where this is all coming yeah. from is communication skills. So where are men lacking in their communication right now? I think all humans, like generally speaking, everybody is lacking in modern communication technologies. And I'm going to call them technologies because mm-hmm. the communication tools that my grandfather had with my grandmother were very limited by modern standards. Mm -hmm. They didn't have a lot of words that we have 
today, like mm-hmm. dysfunction. That word didn't exist for them. They couldn't use it. They didn't have a word to name that concept. So like our language evolves and then our ability to conceive of ideas evolves with our language. If we have a word for something, we can imagine it. If we don't have that word, it's hard to nail it down. So there's communication tools and technologies that we have today that totally change the landscape for everybody by helping us to communicate what we want, what's real for us, what we don't want, what we're a hard note to, rather than just doing what's expected of us or maybe doing what we think the other person wants us to do or doing what we think the other person is going to be a yes to, like kind of predicting them mm-hmm. instead of just asking them mm-hmm. straight out. As, as we shift to having a relationship where the norm communication is sharing what's real for us, giving everybody all the information, mm-hmm. then like, oh, wow, we can actually create what we really want rather than what we think the other person wants or what we think the other person will say yes to. Um, so learning how to bring up hard conversations, learning how to bring out things that you're ashamed of, things that you're afraid to bring out because maybe they're going to get mad at you or ghost you or you know, be bitter or whatever it might be. So yeah, a little bit of time spent investing in learning some communication tools mm-hmm. that are modern, mm-hmm. just from the last 20 years, let's say, has a lifelong of returns and rewards for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, everything that you've, that we've already touched on has come down to talking about it and how, how talking yeah. about it and opening up can really make it better. So it has impacted everything that we've discussed. So mm-hmm. that makes so much sense did have one question about communication skills in particular because I think something that has come up in my current relationship in past relationships is like if I bring up something specifically in the realm of sexuality I don't want to call it a critique because that's definitely not how I mean it but like I'm not getting what I need here I think sometimes that can be interpreted as like a you suck at this and so do you have like, obviously, this is another situation where I'm asking for a quick tip when really it's a no, much it's more fine. complex it's a, it's situation. But it's like, a common dynamic. Yeah. How do you give feedback in a way that doesn't emasculate somebody? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. First of all, some understanding of uh, a thing that exists that is real in our world is that there's this term, the fragile male ego. So mm-hmm. women in relationship with a man, this is real the male ego is generally speaking in our culture, very fragile. Like what I mean by that is generally speaking, there's a pattern for most people in heterosexual relationships by my, by by what I've observed in my life. Um, where if the guy doesn't feel like he's the, if the guy doesn't feel like you think that he's the best guy in the universe, he collapses. Like if I'm not the best lover, he, I collapse. I'm not the best provider. I collapse. I'm not the best, whatever, pick your thing nail hammerer i call it like, like, <laughs> like there is in in, the, in that an inability to receive feedback have an open discussion about how you experience him because you're like got a tiptoe about making him feel judged right otherwise mm-hmm. he collapses and then what does he do he, he withdraws mm-hmm. and that's also a form of punishment i'll withdraw from you i'm gonna make you pay i'm gonna make you pay yeah, you're paying now. doesn't that hurt you made me feel judged right? so, this i just want women to understand that this is real for a lot of people right so if you have understanding of it that empowers you to navigate it better so a better way to navigate it is to help give him some frame of reference 
you know, have more of a prefacing conversation to kind of set the stage to enlist him as an ally in co-creating something with you. Mm-hmm. Like if you can trigger partnership reflex in him, if you can trigger a desire in him to do something with you that's fun, that's for the two of you, right? Then you get this creative energy. And men have a lot of creative energy. There's a lot of carpenters that make houses. There's a lot of craftsmen. Like men are, a lot of men are creators. They're makers, right? They like to do a thing, mm-hmm. make a thing, right? So if you can trigger that reflex in him, that, that helps to bypass this other thing. So I know it's doing a dance. I know it's tiptoeing. I get it. But men, we tiptoe with women also. Everybody tiptoes with everybody until you learn how to shift into this terrain of just open communication, mm-hmm. which is a practice. You have to practice that. It takes takes practicing you don't get it right out of the gate so um you know saying something along the lines of some frame setting like you know i I, i'd like to explore some more stuff in our sexuality like i you know like have you ever heard about this term of a term of a sexual bucket list you know like sharing fantasies stuff like that you know like that's something in my life you know i'd like to 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 build with you i'd like to kindle the fire in our relationship some more like, I know COVID, the pressure cooker, like, ah, we're all kind of getting like, oh, God, I'm fucking tired of all this shit already, you know? I'd like to, like, do some things to spice it up, you know? Would you maybe be interested in you know, having some conversations about some stuff or trying some things new sometimes, like, you know, learning some stuff with each other? I, I don't know, like, exploring some of our fantasies, you know, kind of like setting a frame of, of, like, a desire to kindle the fire in your relationship with each other. You know, and eliciting from him, oh, do you have any desires, fantasies? And, and, and then you got to show up and not take it personal if you don't like mm-hmm. his fantasy. Not judge it, but just let it be. You're like, oh, okay, well, I don't have that fantasy, but thanks for sharing. <laughs> I, I, I want to know who you are mm-hmm. so I know I'm, who I'm in relationship with. But that, that unique thing I'm not interested in. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you kind of set frame of reference and then you know, give him a vision of how it could turn out well for you co-creating some new fantasy explorations for each other. And then within that framework, you have the context to bring up some things like, Oh, I'd like you to touch me like this instead of like this, mm-hmm. like instead of going in and out with your fucking finger, which I hate, like, <laughs> I want you to try up and down or like this instead, like, like, mm-hmm. like here, like, let me open my thighs for you. Like, I want you to try it on me. Like, like, like lube me up and like, you know, like make it yummy for him. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you both have a lovely experience and he's not shutting mm-hmm. down and moving off screen. <laughs> moving off screen. <laughs> Just slightly. Uh, <laughs> and I'm out. <laughs> that was such a perfect like visual representation yes. of how that feels. It's oh like, my don't God. you feel bad from over here? It's like, no, I just feel mad now. I'm just upset. Right. And then uh, all of our bad behaviors come out and nobody mm-hmm. fucking wins and we all end up exactly. getting bruised. Exactly. That was yeah. so beautiful. I feel like that wrapped it up so perfectly. That was beautiful. Oh, oh cool. my God. Everything cool. that we talked about today, everything you said, I am just, I'm so, so excited. excited. I'm so excited for people to hear more about your book. And I'm so yeah. excited for us to fully get into it. Um, this was just so eye opening and I think great for everyone. Okay. Well, so this is my book and I'm just going to make an ask. I'm just going to ask. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I get so much censorship. It's just ridiculous. And I have to live with this. It's really hard for me to get my message out there. So I'm just going to ask anybody who's listening to the show who likes me, who likes what I'm saying you know, and gets my book and looks at it is like, please leave me a review on Amazon. Please mm-hmm. give okay. me a star rating. You know, you just go to my website and then you'll get the link to go to the book on Amazon. 
Because if you go to Amazon and type in Conscious Cock, it doesn't come up because I'm oh, censored. Shoot. Okay, so you got to go to ConsciousCock.com. Then go to my book page there and click on the link to go to Amazon. And that gets past the censorship filter on the search results directly to the book. So anybody who's like wants to support me in helping couples to succeed, like mm-hmm. less broken homes in the world, more pleasure, mm-hmm. like please leave me a rating. Please leave me a review. Like that really helps. Yes. It really does. Absolutely. We will definitely mm-hmm. head right there. Well, where can our listeners connect with you after the episode? Okay. Um, um, on social media, it's best on Facebook. Just look up Christopher Lovestone. Uh, you can friend me or follow me there. Um, or go to my website and get on my mailing list. Did we tell you or did we tell you? <laughs> my God. Like, if you're not running to the bookstore, to Amazon to get this book right now, I don't know what you're doing. You're failing. You're failing. You're failing at being a man. (laughs) I'm telling you. I'm going to man shame you. (laughs) Man shame you. So thank you so much to Christopher for being on the episode today and telling us all about Conscious Cock. Um, And thank you so much to our listeners for tuning in. If you have a few minutes, head over to Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe to Honey Do Me. It means so much to us. And if this is the episode that's going to get you to leave a written review, go ahead and add a little rooster emoji to the very end so that we know it was the cock that got you there. (laughs) See? And on that note, on that note, we'll see you next week.